it well to center field. Deion Sanders going back to the wall, and it is gone. Bo Jackson over. Thanks for tuning in listening to another episode of the FBAS podcast. That is Facebook All Sports. And a couple big announcements. First off, I am here joined remotely because we have a stay-at-home order by Dan and Jesse. What's up, guys? Hello. Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? So the big announcement we have is the FBAS podcast was picked up by RTF Sports Network, which is a podcast streaming online service. And they have about 25 shows. They wanted ours to be one of them. So that's pretty cool. That is very exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's very humbling and very, very thankful for that. I mean, that's really cool. Now, they wanted us to let everybody know that they do have a contest going on right now, and it is for three free months of ESPN+. Plus. So if you're familiar with Disney+, Plus and anybody who's watched The Mandalorian, which I feel like is everybody in the country right now, then ESPN+, Plus is the same idea. It's a streaming ESPN thing where you get all kinds of ESPN stuff, 30 for 30s, original series, things like that. Yeah, ESPN Plus is a, an archive library of different documentaries. They're 30 for 30, so it's, it's certainly a wonderful investment and a great prize to be won. Yeah, and if you're a fight fan, I mean, it's great for a fight fan. You know, you get all those UFC fights. It's a really good deal. I have it as part of the Disney Plus bundle, obviously. But, you know, if you can get it through RTF and they're going to offer it for free, you know, obviously that's just a plus and everybody should go ahead and sign up for that. That's a steal. Yes, you just log on to rtfsportsnetwork.com. They will have a link. They're going to do the drawing for April 14th at 11 a.m., and you will have three free months. And it's perfect timing because coming out is the ESPN original The Last Dance about that final season with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Yeah, you you know I'll, I'll be watching that 10-part series. You know, the edge of my seat. I think we all start to think, is there really anything we haven't seen from those Jordan runs, but... I feel like there is. They wouldn't be putting out a 10-part series if there wasn't something substantial that, you know, is going to be beneficial for all the fans of basketball to see, especially right now when we need something new. You know, I'm extremely looking forward to it personally. You know, I, I obviously, you know, I was born in 87, so I was only about a young age when that he was winning all those titles and doing all those great things. And honestly, I didn't become a basketball fan until later on in life. So, yeah, of course, I know Jordan and, and respect his greatness, but I didn't really watch a lot of it. I didn't really see a lot of it firsthand. So I'm pretty interested to go back and, and watch everything and see all the little things and all the stuff I never knew about the team and the behind the scenes stuff. I'm, I'm honestly super excited for this series. Plus, we got nothing else to do. So I'm really, really excited. <laughs> yeah, I think that the cool thing coming out of it is that we're going to get a deep dive into the whole background of the team. I know there was a lot of animosity between between, not necessarily between Jordan and the other guys, but there were other guys on the team who felt like this is Jordan's team and that when they win the championship, it's not going to be the Bulls won it. It's going to be Michael Jordan won the championship. We're going to get to see Dennis Rodman and all his craziness and Phil Jackson, how he handled all that. It's just, to me, going to be riveting. Yeah, Michael and the Jordanettes. And I think what's also going to be nice about this is getting a deep dive into Phil Jackson after the fact. I know he came out with a really awesome book that I did actually read, but a guy like that has got to have a lot to say in this type of uh, scenario when he's going back and looking at all this stuff. Like you mentioned, and like I mentioned, I'm I'm most looking forward to the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that like you know wasn't out back then that people didn't know about. I'm really excited to see where it goes from here, and and just to get deeper into that actual team. So I think that's going to be really cool. I know I watched the whole thing growing up. My grandmother was a huge Bulls fan, and so we would watch all of the Bulls games whenever they were on TV, which was all the time. And this season in particular was exciting for me because I was a humongous Kobe Bryant fan, even when he was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. And when the Lakers traded for him, it was like the greatest news. It was like Dan finding out Tom Brady was going to the Bucks, except it'd be more like 21-year-old Tom Brady because it was 17-year-old Kobe got traded to the Lakers. And I was so excited and getting to see him go up against Michael Jordan, which, by the way, he gave Michael Jordan quite a beating in their matchups against each other. Well, Wayne, you absolutely did not have to bring up Tom Brady in this episode. I I just got done crying. But yeah, I I think this is really just going to be an awesome experience to watch my favorite player of all time 
a guy that I'm absolutely obsessed with, and to see the impact this team had on the league. And this is a time when a lot of the next wave of young players were coming in. So we'll see some matchups with those guys as well, I'm sure, some interviews. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely really looking forward to the series. Jordan's obviously an icon, but again, like you had mentioned before, I want to see Phil Jackson's take and Phil Jackson's side of it all. I'm not sure how much they're going to highlight him, but I'd really like to see like a, a full kind of focus on him. I, I didn't see the breakdown of the nine episodes. I hope they spend a good whole episode on him and kind of just his side of it. I think that would be really cool too. I'm really looking forward to it. You mentioned the whole Kobe, the whole Kobe matchup. I remember that matchup. I actually do remember that specific when Kobe gave him the business, just because again, I was such a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And again, anytime we can mention Tom Brady the Bucks. I think we should do it. Let's go Bucks. We're actually going to change the name of the show to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Oh, that's be that, honestly that's going to be my new band name, <laughs> Tom Brady and the Bucks. I'm out. I'm curious, Jesse, your take as a, the Bulls fan, the Bulls expert. When I hear people say things like, you know, MJ without Pippen was still MJ, but Pippen without MJ would be nothing. I actually cringe because Pippen is one of the top 50 players of all time. And while he may have benefited from Michael Jordan, I do think he was a top 10 pick. He would have been a perfectly fine player without MJ. Yeah, I think anybody that actually has that opinion isn't giving a, a well-educated opinion at all. Scotty Pippen is one of the most versatile players of that era an all-time defender, you know, somebody who in our FBAS drafts gets taken quite early when it comes to the defenders because he was that highly regarded. So again, I think if anybody's going to give that opinion, it's not somebody who actually did their research or read into it very much. Scotty Pippen is a wonderful player. Michael Jordan is an amazing player. I think that both of them enjoyed success together. And we saw a year where Michael Jordan was not playing, and Scottie Pippen did have a very, very wonderful season. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm one of the people who is in the camp of I don't care what kind of helps around you. I, I think every great player is always going to have help. I kind of hate that argument. I think it's a the whole argument's based around a fallacy anyway, so I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I think Pimpin is a fantastic player who, like Wayne had mentioned, I think he's a top 50 player quite easily. And and I think Jordan, you know, obviously he benefited from Pimpin and Pimpin's going to benefit from Jordan. But, I mean, great players are going to benefit from each other. That's honestly part of being a great team is having the ability to make your teammates better around you. So I never really liked that argument. And if somebody brought that argument up, I kind of just shoo-shooed their whole opinion in general and kind of disregarded whatever they said. So that's kind of my take on that. So either way, we're going to see some riveting basketball. We're going to see a riveting series with Michael Jordan and The Last Dance. I know that ESPN does such a fantastic job with those 30 by 30s. Ever since they did the Fab Five, I was completely captivated. You Don't Know Bo is still my favorite because Bo is my favorite athlete of all time. So if you want to see the series, go to rtfsportsnetwork.com. Sign up for the drawing. It's free. They're not going to spam you. It's for the drawing only. And they're going to make that drawing April 14th at 11 a.m. So you can get to see the entire series. April 14th, 11 a.m. Sign up. Win that drawing. Now, the next thing, obviously, the big thing with the nation right now, obviously, is COVID-19. I mentioned earlier when we first started the show that we are doing remote. Obviously, you can hear the sound quality. Jesse and Dan are calling in instead of just Dan calling in. And I'm working from home. I've got the microphone. And we've all got stay-at-home orders. And all of that's because of COVID-19. So I think that all of us are going a little stare-crazy. It's nice to kind of get a little bit of a break and do the show. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I, I think all of us are still going to work or trying to do everything we can to try and not focus on the negatives of what's going on around us. Uh, it all has been very weird and crazy, but I certainly agree with you, Wayne. It's been nice to be able to set aside a couple hours and plan the show and, and record the show. That way we can really put out the best for the fans and continue to grow an awesome product. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, as you know, you know, I'm down here in Florida and, and our governor just shut down our state and I'm in the process of moving. Well, I just finished the process of moving from Tampa to Tallahassee. So that was fun. We moved literally the night he decided to shut down the state. So, you know, we got up here. We're all good. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a really fun break. It's a really fun time. I enjoy this podcast a lot. and I enjoy the listeners we have and we appreciate you very much. And yeah, let's get it doing. Not to get too much into the whole COVID thing, because I know we talk a lot of sports, but the thing that I, I check it every day because I want to know how soon can I get back to work instead of working out of my attic. And checking the numbers this morning, I saw confirmed cases in the United States, almost 278,000, and confirmed deaths, 7,146, which is 2.6% of the confirmed cases. That is way down because it was as high as 5% when this first got going. So I think it's great to see that we're finding some treatments and we're finding some ways to battle it. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the downturn is something that we're all going to, you know, kind of rejoice in. You know, these small blessings are what we need to continue to kind of tick downwards. That's what we're all hoping for so that we can get back to some normalcy for all of us. You know, sports isn't everything for everybody out there, but for the listeners, we know it's a big part of what they do and what gets them by in their normal life. So, you know, we're hoping to get sports back and our normal work life back. And we know for those of us that have kids, we want them to get back into school as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm just ready for everything to get back to normal. I, I hope it happens sooner than charts and analysts and experts are saying or whatever it may be. But, you know, I'm just ready for everything to get back to normal again. Some COVID sports news. All 12 of the NBA players who had tested positive have fully recovered. Marcus Smart, being one of those, has started donating his blood plasma for research so that they can study his blood. He's fully recovered and see if there's something in our immune system that can help us fight this thing. It's fantastic news to know that those NBA players that came forth as, you know, positive have now since, you know, come out and let us all know that they're uh, not, I wouldn't use the word clean, but healthy. They've got a good bill of uh, health and very, very uh, stand up for Marcus Smart. I'm obviously a Celtics fan and Wayne and I are both in a a Celtics country here in New England, but very stand up move for him to uh, do what he can to provide for the future and try and help out. It's really good to see them being healthy. You know, I, I would expect that for the most part. I mean, the healthy athletes that work out all the time and are in good shape, this isn't really going to affect them. That's not who really the disease preys on. However, you know, it's great to see that Marcus Smart is helping and trying to do everything he can. You know, this is what we need. We need everyone to just come together. And we got to get through this. This is something that nobody's ever seen before in our lifetime, and we'll talk about this for generations. So, again, normalcy. That's all we're hoping for. Now, speaking of normal or abnormal, the Major League Baseball has come out and said that they are talking about possibly pushing the season later, maybe having games in November, possibly even the start of December, and they're trying to find some warm weather or indoor stadiums where they can play those games. I don't like the idea. Why not just play a shortened season? Very tough for them to make any type of huge decision right now. I think like all sports, they're going to continue to take it uh, day by day. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Manfred flopped this like he flopped the uh, Houston Astros situation. I really don't think that they should be thinking about trying to squeeze in any type of season right now. Not until we have much more positive news. See, and that's why I'm in favor for the extended season and and pushing it as far back as possible. I don't want a a full-on canceled season of sports or of baseball in general. You know, find a way to make it possible. Another reason you can't cancel those games and shorten those seasons is revenue. When owners are already losing money, they want their full 82 games or 81 games in that season that they're going to get at their home stadium. And I'm hoping they can find a way to resolve it because, man, I want baseball back so bad. I was looking at it more as like the lockout shortened NBA season, which I think was 55 games instead of 82. So they just played a shortened season. They had the playoffs on schedule as usual and everything finished when it was supposed to finish. The thing I think we run into here is if Major League Baseball plays the World Series into late November and then pitchers and catchers are reporting at the beginning of February the following year, it's not much of a break. There's absolutely no win-win here. It's, it's certainly tough to try and find a great scenario for any sport right now, baseball included. Yeah, Jesse said it best. I don't think there's ever going to be a situation that's win-win here. This this has caused so much chaos. Uh, you make a great point, Wayne. I, I didn't even think of that. You know, these these athletes do need time to recover in that off season. You know, I, I, it's it's huge for them. So I I would hate to shorten that also. So I don't know. Hopefully they can find a compromise. But you know, like Jesse said, I don't see a, there, a way there's a win-win. Getting away from the COVID news, kind of getting into the NFL news, which is what we've pretty much dominated our show with the last couple episodes, and we'll continue to, I think, next week, if you're interested. We're going to do a huge breakdown. Dan's got a bunch of prospects he wants to break down going into the draft, and then the following week, we're going to do a mock draft right before the actual draft and see how many of these we can get right, or I don't know if right's the right term. Anybody I pick for my team, if we're all doing a three-man mock, is who the team should pick, so anybody who they don't pick is going to be the wrong pick. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, for a guy who does a ton of mocks and and things like this, you know, getting picks exactly correct is very difficult. It's more about being around the team needs, you know, even if you get kind of the position like a front seven player that's kind of considered a win in a lot of these things. I'm really excited for the next couple of weeks. You know, this is my Christmas is the NFL draft. And, you know, next week should be a fun episode. I got, I got a lot of fun guys to break down and really looking forward to it. Yeah, with the draft coming up, I'm very excited to have Dan dive into uh, some prospects on a deeper level. And I know that the NFL seems to be the one sport that we are getting a bit more normalcy out of. It's certainly in the offseason. So, again, very excited to have Dan dive into those guys. 
I was puzzled by the whole Eli Apple thing. I mean, they announced early on that he'd signed a one-year deal with the Raiders. He was going to go play for them. And then news came out that that whole contract negotiation fell through, which I thought it was already in stone. And now he's a free agent again. He's only 24 years old. He was the 10th overall pick four years ago. Not bad numbers last year. Uh, 68 targets. He allowed 43 receptions. So 63% of the targets is right in line with kind of a mediocre corner. You'd think that this guy could get a two, three-year deal at eight or nine million each. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of odd. I've never, I mean, I've seen situations like this where deals kind of fall apart at the last minute, but there's usually a reason. I haven't seen a reason come out. They pointed out that tying up loose ends while not being able to actually get in contact with this guy and things like that because of the the COVID situation has kind of been an issue. But I mean, I haven't seen a definitive answer come back. I, I don't know. This It's kind of a weird situation, but Eli Apple's a moderate to average player. So it's not a huge loss. I don't think it'll be something that the Raiders like miss in any way. I, I think they would have loved to sign him, but as depth and things like that, but I don't think they're going to hurt or miss him or things like that. Yeah, I believe in Mike Mayock and his ability to draft uh, so much so that this doesn't really affect my outlook on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that they still are a bunch of pieces away. Uh, we remember they added Mariota to come in and compete with David. I think that I still believe in Mayock and what he's going to end up doing with the remaining season. Eli Apple um, on the other side, I've never really believed in him, and I think the English drafted way too high. Now, getting closer to the draft, obviously, mock drafts are coming out fast and furious, crazy. And speaking of crazy, Maurice Jones-Drew of NFL.com has Justin Herbert going number one and Joe Burrow going number five. And since Dan is our draft expert, I'm curious what he thinks the likelihood of that is actually of happening. Zero. It's pure nothing. No, no way. There's absolutely zero percent. There's no way. Zero percent. I'd have to see the draft. I, I don't. There's no trade, right? No, there's no trade. It's uh, Justin Herbert to the Bengals. He doesn't have the Miami Dolphins trading up to five and taking Joe Burrow and Bengals taking Justin Herbert at five. So, I I mean, that's just, there's no way that happens. There's zero percent chance. It's pure shock value. He's just trying to get people to listen and watch his channel, whatever it may be. Yeah, for such a little guy, he's got some very big, crazy ideas. I looked through this mock as well, and none of it impressed me. And I certainly don't look to former players scraping and clawing to stay on the screen for my draft insight. I look to Dan Sullivan for my draft insight. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that greatly. The draft in general... It's just a pure shock value. There were other crazy picks in there that just didn't make sense that he just seemed to throw in there just to raise eyebrows and get people to do this, to essentially talk about his draft. I wouldn't take really any stock into what he's got in there. And I thought the same thing. I thought this is just a shock value draft. And then also from NFL.com, we have Freeland, who he has Joe Burrow going number five as well, and the Bengals taking Chase Young at number one. Again, I just I think it's zero. If the Bengals do that, it's such a terrible, terrible move. I just can't understand it. I mean, if you have concerns about Joe Burrow only having one great season, I mean, I just don't I I just don't understand why you would. I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't fathom it personally. Obviously, things are going to happen and stuff may happen, but it would just be such a terrible move for that franchise. Would I be shocked if the Bengals bungled this? No, I wouldn't. Not at all. But there's absolutely no reason that they should pass up on Joe Burrow. He is a surefire franchise quarterback. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but this is a guy you don't pass up on on one. Well, and to Dan's point, I think that he was saying it's not even that crazy that the Bengals would pass on Burrow. It's the fact that if they decide to pass on him, that they would use the number one pick on somebody else rather than trade it and get some value out of it. Exactly. You know, if you're not going to take Burrow, if you don't believe in Burrow, then then trade the world for him because somebody else is going to be smart enough to take him. And it just doesn't, you know, again, obviously anything can happen. I would bet a lot of things that says that does not happen whatsoever. I mean, the MJD mock has Jalen Hurts going round one to the Pats, too. Like, let's be real here. Like, a lot of these mocks right now people are just putting out because they're bored and they got nothing else better to do. Well, Dan, I'm actually glad that you brought up the Patriots. I wanted to ask you this question because of how crazy uh, these two guys' mocks seem to me and to us. What would the Patriots have to give up to get that pick from the Bengals? Oh, God. I think the Bengals first would have to like Stidham enough that he'd have to be considered in the deal, I think, because I don't think you have enough draft capital. 
I mean, it'd take your first this year, next year, your second next year, your first the year after that. I think you'd get it done. So three firsts and two seconds, I think we'd get it done just because you're so far back in the draft and have no second this year. So it's all future capital. So it, so it sounds like a lot more than it is, but future capital is actually weighed less. So that would be, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a lot. Yeah. God damn that Muhammad Sanu trade. And I, know, <laughs> I, I know there was no point to asking Wayne that because Wayne has such a love affair with Jared Stidham right now and he is so confident in his ability. Not saying that I'm not, but not to the level that Wayne is. So I knew there was no point in posing that to him. No, I'm a huge Jared Stidham fan. I've made no secret about it. When you ask the question, what would the Patriots have to give up for number one, the easy answer is more than they have. And it was the same thing with the Boston Celtics when people were asking, oh, what would they have to trade to get Anthony Davis? And I was saying, well, they'd have to trade Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and three first round picks to get Anthony Davis. And everyone was like, no, no, we wouldn't trade that. And I said, well, then you're not going to get Anthony Davis. And the same thing here with the Patriots. They don't have enough draft capital. They'd have to trade the next five years of first round picks to get that first pick. Yeah, exactly. There's just not enough in their ammo arsenal. They just don't have the value to. I honestly don't think anybody does except Miami. And I really don't see Miami mortgaging their whole future on Joe Burrow right now when they can build smartly. Like they have the capital to build smartly. So I I, I just don't see it happening. Now, some of the other mock things that I went through that would seem to be pretty consistent among the more, you know, people who hadn't pounded the crazy juice before doing theirs. Guys like McShay, Kuyper, Charles Davis, and so on. Most of them had Herbert going number six to the Chargers with no trade. And I think McShay had Jordan Love going six, but everybody else had Jordan Love going down in the 20s. Yeah, that seems to be where it's at now. Um, I think the the NFL heads view Justin Herbert a, a lot higher than the rest of us. In my personal opinion, I think three will get traded out to, I personally think the Chargers I think the Chargers are going to be the team that moves up to three and takes Tua. They need to make a splash in Los Angeles and, you know, in a new city. And, and a, they need a new face of the franchise now that Phillip Rivers is gone. And I just think they're going to be willing to give up more. And then I think Miami actually passes on Herbert at five, but then moves back up. And then I think things get real interesting with teams moving back up in these drafts. I know New England, like you guys mentioned, they don't have a second round pick. They're going to be looking to move down. The Saints are going to be looking to move down. I just think that teams are going to move back up, and, and that's where Jordan Love will go. Looking through, I kind of want to check out our teams as well, and starting with New England, I know a lot of the drafts had Jordan Love falling there at 23, like I said, in the 20s, and I just don't think they're going to move on and take a quarterback. I think Stidham is the guy, 100%, 0% chance that they take a quarterback in the first round unless by some sort of fluke luck Tua fell to 23, but I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to trade down, and I think they're going to probably take some offensive and defensive linemen in those early rounds. I agree with you, Wayne. Even if I'm not as in love with Jared Stidham as some others, there's no reason to take one in the first round, especially one that you may not love. And I think that their history with quarterbacks is going to prove that. Since our last episode, the Patriots have signed for the third time in his career, Brian Hoyer. So I think that just means that quarterback is not going to be as pressing as some may feel. I certainly don't think they're going to take one in the first round. I expect, like you two said, for them to drop back. They are very known to trading back and acquiring pick. I see them doing that this year as well. I had them taking a quarterback in the early stages of this, but I don't. I personally, I just don't see it. Especially, I don't see Jordan Love as a really good fit for that franchise. I think he needs a, a lot of development, and I, I, I'm not sure that they are a team that's ready to let a guy start and let a guy develop over him as, as they lose a bunch of games. So I don't love that fit. I would look for them to address the defensive line or move back. That's just kind of their MO, get big and athletic uh, up front or move back and get value. So that's what I would expect from New England. Now, looking at Tampa Bay, it seems like everyone has them taking an offensive lineman, and the most popular name I've seen is Andrew Thomas. I even had one of these mock drafts had them trading up to get Thomas. That's our main need. That's what we need right now. We need a right tackle bad and a left tackle of the future. If we get Andrew Thomas where we're at at 14, I would do backflips. I'm very, very, very high on Andrew Thomas. I know he didn't test as athletically as well as everybody else, but he didn't test bad athletically too. Like People are trying to talk bad about Andrew Thomas now through the offseason process, and he's done everything great, just not as great as the athletic freaks in front of him. He's still, I think, arguably the best pure technician through and through. He started it at Georgia and held down that spot for two years now and just controlled a lot of the best SEC pass rushers. I would absolutely do backflips. I expect an offensive lineman or honestly a move down 
there's a lot of talk that the Vikings want to move up and grab a receiver. If somebody like Philadelphia wants to move up and grab a receiver. So I would hope to get either a tackle or move down. Yeah, Dan, does uh, the addition of Tom Brady to that team, as hurtful as it is to continue to bring it up, does that make the Buccaneers and the use of that pick more urgent, or do they feel like they can now kind of, like you said, maybe trade back and feel like they don't have to be um, pushed into anything? I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, if one of the top four tackles falls, we have to take him. The thing at 14 is I think it's just, and I love, love, love Josh Jones. I think it may be a tad too early for Josh Jones, and I think it's I think it's definitely too early for Austin Jackson. But if we can move back to maybe 20, 21, something like that, and get either Josh Jones or Austin Jackson, I would be thrilled because then we could gain value too because we still have a decent amount of holes on this ball club. Like, let's not forget, just because we had Tom Brady doesn't make us a complete team. It fixes a lot of things, but it doesn't make us a complete team. We still need to round that out, and adding value in picks would do that. Now, the last bit of NFL news I really want to tackle, because we've been talking about it now for a couple of weeks, is Jameis Winston is still unsigned. And I really am surprised that he hasn't been picked up before the draft. I do think he's going to have a really good career for somebody. And I'm wondering if the reason he isn't signed is because teams are scared of him, or if it's more he's looking for longer terms than what they're offering. I haven't heard a peep in either direction, honestly. So I'm not sure if he's asking for a ton or if teams have just kind of cooled off and are scared of him. I would expect a quarterback needy team eventually is going to sign him. He's just too talented. I mean, the guy threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Yes, I know he had 30 interceptions, but I mean, as a coach, you got to think if you can coach 10 of those out of him and he goes for 35 and 20, like you will take that a lot of seasons if he can throw for 5,000 yards. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm shocked, honestly. Yeah, if you told me during this last regular season that guys like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston wouldn't be seen as starters coming into the very next season, I'd be shocked. I know both guys are seen very differently, but I thought both would be primed to have resurgences on new teams. And the fact that neither one of them are having any rumors uh, spoken about them at all, uh, from what I can see, it's very curious. All right, so now we are going to get into what this is all about. The title of this episode is Movie Sports Draft, and that's what we're getting to. By vote of the FBAS community, Jesse got first choice in where he wanted to pick. He chose the draft first. My understanding is that he negotiated a contract with the first pick before the draft, like so many teams do. So I'll let him take it from here. Yeah, in a move we haven't seen in quite a while now, I was very sure of who I wanted, and I I locked them up. I'm going to take Remember the Titans. I don't think that's going to shock anybody that knows me in the FBAS community. Denzel Washington, who is my absolute favorite actor, it is uh, Hollywood's twist on a true story. So to me, Remember the Titans, very, very worthy of the top overall pick in this draft. Yeah, not surprising to me either that you would take it. I know that's your favorite movie, and it is a very good sports movie. I do have it rated as a tier one sports movie, so it is something that would go in the first or second round. So definitely uh, not a wasted pick. Being a football movie, I'm curious uh, how Dan scouted some of those players. Brotier was an All-American. I mean, he was. He was a stud. The guy was, you know, left side, strong side. You know, it's as good as it gets. No, that movie's fantastic. Uh, I mean, it, it would have been my number one pick if, if I was selecting one. Denzel's my favorite actor, so I, I love it. I've actually met the guy at a golf range down here in Largo, Florida. But, I mean, yeah, it, I, I love the pick. I think it's funny. I didn't realize that Julius Campbell is Tupac's muscle for Above the Rim. Name drops on movies, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I just figured, uh, I mean, it's a basketball movie, and anyone who's seen it knows that he's got this guy named Mozart or something like that that plays point guard for him in the basketball tournament at the end, and uh, he's got that line, you know, uh, I'm a soldier, not a clown, and that's Julius Campbell. I didn't realize it until uh, later when I was looking up his name as an actor. Yeah, he was also the like the main character on The Wire, I think. Wasn't it The Wire? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he was also like the main character. He's a great actor, great actor. Now... I had the number two pick. I gave Dan the choice of going two or going three, four. He chose three, four. I'm basically going to play it safe here, I guess. I'm taking the what's widely regarded as the greatest sports movie of all time with the second pick, so I can't be upset about that, and that's Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, the story of Hickory High School. Indiana still to this day has no divisions. Every high school plays each other in the state tournament, no matter how big or small, and Hickory won the state championship with basically like 38 kids in their school. 
Well, I just have to say that I called this before the draft started, that you would take Hoosiers at number two. Jesse disagreed. I said you're an old man who likes crappy movies, <laughs> so you would take Hoosiers. So, boom, I knew that was going to happen. Hoosiers is regarded by, if you look at any draft or any sort of top 25 sports movies of all time, Hoosiers is rated in the top two. And by most accounts, it's number one. And saying anything with Gene Hackman is crappy. I don't think Gene Hackman's been in a crappy movie his entire... Well, that's not true. Welcome to Mooseport's bad. But uh, (laughs) everybody's got one. I mean, to be fair, if you're going to go by rankings, then you obviously think Empire Strikes Back's better. So it's like, you know, rankings you got to take with a grain of salt. This is all opinion-based, and I'm just not a fan of Hoosiers. I never was. I didn't, I didn't like the movie, but I, I understand the respect it gets. So, Jesse, what do you think? What's your take on Hoosiers? Let me not cross that off my list because it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. I mean, because I know, like, if I were doing a baseball draft, I probably wouldn't have Mike Trout on my list. I mean, you know? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you have the greatest baseball player of all time on your list? That would just make sense. So, yeah, with the number three pick and number four, I'm going to go back to my childhood. These are movies that were literally me growing up as a kid. So the first movie I'm going to take is The Sandlot. It's just, for me, it's it's everything I, I was as a child. That That's me to a T. It was baseball. It was bikes. It was riding to the field and playing all day and then coming home when the streetlights came on i mean that was my life i loved every second of it so that movie just rang so true for me and and just hit me and you know i love that movie yeah i love the sandlot it's definitely a family favorite here my wife likes it my daughter likes it i really enjoy it uh, i enjoy all the performances i think that it's funny to see uh, benny the jet rodriguez was also the really fast skater in mighty ducks part two i'm sure none of us are picking that movie <laughs> not part two not part two yeah James Earl Jones was great as, uh, you know, Old Man Myrtle, you know, uh, forever. I, I enjoy it. It's a really, really great movie. Uh, my Probably my favorite part is maybe when uh, Smalls pretends to drown so he can French the lifeguard. Oh, uh, yeah. It wasn't Smalls who did it, but, yeah, it was Squints. Oh, yeah, but, Squints. Um, you know, yeah, get it right, man. Um, <laughs> but, no, definitely, it's, it's a great movie, and, and, and I love it. My, my next pick is probably going to hurt Jesse here a little bit. It's got his man, but it's it's got to be Space Jam for me. I mean, that movie, when it came out, was just so good. It was so funny. To this day, I can still watch it and laugh. Bill Murray's character in that is just perfection. Uh, I love that movie so much. Jesse, I'm sorry, brother. I know it's hurt. You're apparently out of the will, my dude, taking Tom Brady and then taking <laughs> Space Jam. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty awful of you to do. It's obviously a wonderful movie. It has my dude Michael Jordan in it, who we brought up earlier in the episode. Just a wonderful cast of animated characters that um, all of us grew up with. So, a wonderful movie and certainly one that I had to cross off my list. Both of yours were great picks. Uh, a wonderful turn, we would say, on FBAS. Wayne, now, what are you, you going to pick next, buddy? So I'm actually pretty psyched because I did not have Space Jam in my top 40. It's not on my list. And The Sandlot I had is a tier two film. So that means really only you and I have taken a tier one film. So I'm going to go back to that well. And I'm going to take what I consider to be the best baseball movie of all time, even though it may not be ranked as such. It's always in the top two, but it's not always number one. It has comedy. It has drama. It's just such a good baseball movie, and that's A League of Their Own with Gina Davis and Tom Hanks. To me, it's the best baseball movie of all time, so I feel like I'm getting the best basketball movie of all time and the best baseball movie of all time, and I'm feeling pretty good about my list so far. Uh, no crying in baseball, no crying in drafting. Obviously, a, uh, a fun movie, a great cast of characters, four or five wonderful people. Great pick, Wayne. Um, I'm going to do my best not to say that anymore, though. Yeah, that one hurts. I, I really did hope to get it back on the turn. Uh, it's my favorite baseball movie as well. I absolutely love it. Uh, Madonna was looking oh so fine in that movie. You know, even Rosie O'Donnell was, was hilarious, you know, so you can't knock that movie. It was great. Uh, actually, really good pick. I expected you to go a different direction when you said baseball movie, and that surprised me. I thought that one would drop us, so good, good pick, Wayne. I think my favorite character in that movie is actually John Lovitz as a scout that recruits them. And I think my favorite line is uh, when Gina Davis says to him, you know, she says, she's good. She's really good. She's a pitcher. She just didn't pitch today because she pitched the day before. And he says, well, thank you for that extra special glimpse into her life. <laughs> <laughs> I like his kind of niche character acting. I think I think he's a really funny guy, honestly. Yeah, great pick, Wayne, again. And now uh, you guys can still hear me again. Uh, thank you all for uh, sticking with us through the remote calling here during the COVID-19. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my second pick. I mean, I did have a long wait here and saw some good movies fall off. But I'm going to go ahead and take what I believe is the best Rocky movie, and that's Rocky Four. 
who's got the uh, amazing battle there with uh, Ivan Drago, the wonderful workout scenes, the boxing is Stallone. Um, again, it's, it's the best Rocky movie to me. I'm very happy to take that one. And I'm going to go ahead and take my second one and let you guys reflect after that. The one I'm going to take next is uh, Rudy. Well, to, to start, uh, Rocky Four Hertz, uh, I, I think it's definitely the best Rocky. You know, I think there are arguments for other ones, but right, that one's probably the best. Rudy actually wasn't on my list. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. I, I know it's great. I, I don't dislike the movie. I just, you know, if, if there's movies I'm going to watch over and over and over again, that's not one of the sports movies I'm going to, like, I've seen it. I've watched it. I don't need to watch it again kind of thing but i understand it's a classic so but rocky four is a great pick in my opinion yeah rocky four is one so i had three rocky movies on my list initially and when i broke it down that's one of the ones that got cut i don't think it's the best one i do enjoy it a lot i do enjoy the theme song uh, burning heart by survivor and i do like the villain of ivan drago and i like that you know there's a death in it which is great but to me i don't know it just it, it wasn't the best rocky movie so I, I took it off my list of 40 so there was no chance of me taking that one which I'm going to call it a reach, although Dan sounds like he was looking to take that one pretty early. The other pick here, Rudy, I think that that is probably my number one football movie of all time, and so I think that's a great pick and a great steal to get it at the seventh overall pick. Do you have Rudy over Remember the Titans? I do. I, I just like it better. I mean, Remember the Titans, nothing against that. That's a great movie as well. I just I have Rudy rated a little bit higher. Okay. I guess at eight, uh, still a lot of top-tier movies for me. Uh, again, some of the movies you guys are picking are leaving some good ones, and I'm thinking that you're probably going to leave a few more, so I might pass on some I was planning on taking earlier. I need a football movie in my list. I'm going with maybe my favorite football movie of all time, which is The Program. Oh. Uh, we have James Kahn taking on ESU, Joe Kane, Alvin Mack, uh, Latimer, who was also in uh, another movie that might appear on this list. But really great football movie. I could watch it over and over. Oh, if you couldn't tell from my side, that one hurts my soul. That's what we, in FBAS, we, that's a snipe snipe right there, man. That one hurt. Uh, I, that's where I was going with my next pick. That's such a good movie. It's always nice when you can have a movie called and know that it's coming off your list and somebody else's as well. So great pick, Wayne. Uh, the program is a wonderful football movie, and uh, I certainly wasn't aiming for it after taking two football movies, but a great pick, and I'm glad to hear Dan finally uh, have some discomfort after all the uh, enjoyment he's had recently. Well, then, to jump into my next pick, um, I didn't expect it to be here at all. I really thought Wayne was going to take it. I'm going White Men Can't Jump. I think the movie's got everything. I loved the movie. It's fantastic. Woody Harrelson's one of the best. You know, obviously, Wesley, uh, his character's fantastic. I, I, I mean... I love it. Uh, Rosie Perez is hilarious in that movie. It's it's one of my favorites, and I didn't expect it to be here. So personally, it's great value for me. And then the next one is uh, I, I'm going to have to go now with a, with a football movie because I, I, I'm afraid I'm not going to get one. And I'm going to go with any given Sunday. I love that movie. His name is Willie. Willie Beeman. I mean, that, that movie was so good for me. I loved it. I liked kind of the, the rough cameras, the cinematography of it. I really enjoyed it. So that, that's a big favorite of mine. So that's where I'm yeah, I think two great picks there. White Man Can't Jump was almost my second overall pick. I almost went there instead of Hoosiers because I do think that White Man Can't Jump is the best basketball movie ever made. So I almost took it there, but I thought I could get it a little bit later. I even thought I was maybe getting a little too greedy thinking I could get it in a later round, but it did go off the board, so I'm a little sad to see it go, but uh, that's a fantastic value, I think, to get it where you got it. Any Given Sunday, I know a lot of people really love this movie. I didn't love the movie as a whole. I think that the football action is tremendous. I think the cinematography, as you mentioned, is phenomenal. But as far as the plot and the acting and everything, it was really like a C-plus for me. Yeah, I mean, those were both really, really good picks. Any Given Sunday has some, some really great actors in there. Really, uh, a White Man Can't Jump, Dan, I think I, I told you so. You obviously said Hoosiers first, but uh, White Man Can't Jump was my pick for Wayne, and I'm glad that he's not going to be able to get that. Yeah, me too. I was honestly, I was legit nervous he was going to go Hoosiers, any uh, uh, White Man Can't Jump, and just kind of dominate the basketball side of the draft. But he hurt me either way. If he'd have gone White Man Can't Jump over the program, it would have hurt just as much. So. Well, the next pick I have is number 11, and this is probably the first reach I'm going to make. I still have a couple of Tier 1 movies that haven't been taken yet, and I thought about going that way, but I am trying to diversify my portfolio, as they say. And this is a movie that, while I have it as a Tier 2 movie, you guys may have it lower in terms of where you guys thought it was going to go in the draft, but it is an absolutely phenomenal movie with great performances from everybody in it, and that's the movie Rounders with Matt Damon, Edward Norton, and John Malkovich. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm actually a poker dealer by profession. Uh, that's what I do for a living. And so I've this movie, you know, hits home to me. It's a, I absolutely love it. I've seen it probably as much as I've seen any other movie on this list. I could, you know, kind of recite it by heart for a lot of the, for a lot of the things. It's a, it's a great movie. Women are the rake of life. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of how I live my life for a long time, as, as shitty as it sounds. But yeah, it's a fantastic pick. I think it's another good pick by Wayne. I really think it's smart for him to want to diversify his picks right now. That way he can tap into the wealth of FBAS. I know we have a lot of guys that like a lot of things, specifically you, Dan. I mean, maybe that's a plea for a second place vote for him. But I think it's a good pick overall, and I'm excited to make my next pick and diversify as well. And I'm going to go with Talladega Night. Oh, nice. Uh, I think we see plenty. Funny enough, a NASCAR in there, um, some in-car scenes, and I think that that's going to rank right up there with one of my favorite comedy movies and Will Ferrell movies of all time. So I'm very excited to grab that one. And now uh, to uh, finish out my turn here, I'm going to take one Eight Men Out, the story of the Black Sox. Some uh, very good acting and uh, a really awesome portrayal of a story that happened way before any of us were alive. So it's a very fun movie to uh, get to know what really happened to some of these guys talladega nights i don't like at all i'm not a big will ferrell fan uh, i do like Step Brothers. i think that's maybe one of the top three or four funniest movies i've ever seen but talladega nights just didn't do it for me it was a little too much cheese eight men out is a tremendous baseball movie it's a really good movie and i didn't have it in my top 40 only because i felt like most people haven't seen it unless they're diehard sports guys or diehard movie guys but it is great i think john cusack as buck weaver is phenomenal uh the guy that plays joe jackson he was also in the cutting edge i think he was really good you had john mahoney i think it was frazier's dad is the manager of the team all around great performances from everybody uh so i think that's a really good pick there in terms of how good of a movie it is i just the only reason i didn't have it because i don't think it's a really well-known movie well i don't think you uh know fas really well then yeah i i love the talladega nights pick obviously uh, i mean i think he will ferrell's hilarious and i mean in, in some things he does overdo it but i think that one was done so well i mean there's so many funny parts in that movie eight men out wasn't on my list i, I do think it's a great baseball movie but I honestly just think there are better movies still out there that are better than it in baseball category, especially. But uh, it would have gone probably in this draft, just not where I, not there personally. Now, my next pick, I actually have a movie here that's still left in my top tier. And I'm surprised because I really thought it was going to go in the first two or three rounds. I think why they regard, along with the League of Their Own, as the top baseball movie of all time, which is Bull Durham. So I'm going to take that one at number 14. Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon. A really funny baseball movie. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I'm absolutely shocked that you've taken two baseball movies and you have not taken uh, the one that I pegged you to take. So uh, color me shocked so far, but two baseball picks that you've taken so far, wonderful baseball movies. Yeah, um, I actually got was I was on the I was late to the Bull Durham train. I didn't see it till I was probably you know in my twenties. But I think it's a great movie. It's really good. I didn't expect you to take it, like you said. I expected you to take a different baseball movie. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the pick. No, I think it's got some really great moments in there. I think the speech that Kevin Costner gives Susan Sarandon uh, when he first goes over her house and she says, well, what do you believe in? And he has a whole monologue about it. Uh, I love the scene with the coach when he's throwing the bats in the shower and he tells everyone to get in there. And he's like, uh, you know, you lollygag to the dugout. You lollygag out in the field. What does that make you? Larry, lollygaggers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely a great movie. I, I loved it. All right, so for my next... I'm going to go a, a little outside the box. Also, I'm afraid it may get taken now. And, you know, it's one of my favorites just in general. I'm going with Happy Gilmore. I love the movie. I, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. So I just wanted to make sure I ended up with it. It's probably a reach, but I don't want to not get it. So that's going to go on my list. And then the next one for me is mm, I'm probably going to go. I'm going to go Moneyball. I love the movie. I think Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill did a did a fantastic job in this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was, I was a big fan of it. Both of them were for sure on my list. Um, I was honestly looking at them both uh, with my next turn here. So Dan continues to uh, poke me. It's like uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> um, 
I really loved Moneyball. I thought that Brad Pitt was tremendous in it. I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. I think everything I see him in, he's great. I thought Jonah Hill, that was the first movie I really saw him in where I said, wow, this guy can really act. And then he went on a string of movies like War Dogs and Wolf of Wall Street where he was just tremendous. And so I'm a huge Jonah Hill fan. And I know Superbad was hilarious, another one of those top funny movies. But to me, Moneyball is really what opened my eyes to how good of an actor he is. Yeah, I agree completely. Jonah Hill... The, the movies you named, that string he went on really, really, really opened my eyes to him as more of not just a comedic actor, but like a those roles are fantastic. He, he's got a ton of range and was really good in those movies. I mean, you grabbed Happy Gilmore. I didn't have Happy Gilmore on my list. It was initially on my top 50, I think, and it got whittled out. But I did want to take a golf movie, and I'm going back-to-back Costner picks here with Tin Cup. Uh, I just watched this movie last night, actually. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I think it's great. I think Cheech Marin is hilarious as Romeo. And I think that you know Kevin Costner with his quick wit, and I thought John, Don Johnson as the bad guy was fantastic. So Tin Cup, golf movie for my next pick. I honestly have never seen the movie. I know a lot of people love it and have great things to say about it. I've never seen the movie. I'm not a big golf guy, so I never felt the need to watch it. But I do hear great things about it. So Several golf movies on my list, and that was not one of them. Wow. I think it might be one of the best golf movies. I know there's some other that are considered higher, but I just feel for what you get from the movie from start to finish and the variety of different styles of acting and different setups like i said from drama to comedy whatnot i think it's uh, actually has the whole package there so with my next back-to-back picks here uh wayne and I, I can't let this sit on the board any longer i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna take major league it to me is one of the best baseball movies of all time you and i in our former life recasted this movie and again i'm, I'm just shocked that you let this sit to me this far down the line I'm going to take Major League, probably one of the most well-known baseball movies, Wild Thing with Charlie Sheen. He is that character in real life. I'm going to go ahead and grab that now. And then next, uh, I'm going to continue to uh, maybe just jostle a little bit with one of my picks here and be a little playful with it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Waterboy here. I love Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, and Waterboy. Both very, very funny to me, but I'm more football than I am golf, and I think that his voice and uh, all the characters that we see in Waterboy make it a better movie to me. So, yeah, Waterboy um, is my second pick. I think Waterboy is a hilarious movie. It was right in that string of Sandler movies where everything he touched turned to gold, starting with Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy. You know, he just did a whole stretch from, I think, Big Daddy's where it ended. And then from that point, he turned, did Little Nicky, and it was a downhill stretch. So hopefully he's back on the way up because I've always been a Sandler fan. Major League, yeah, it's my favorite movie of all time. All-time movies, Shawshank is number two or three, but number one is Major League. It has been ever since I first saw it in 1989. Hasn't changed, but I just have it ranked as a Tier 3 movie. I know there's a lot of baseball movies that are ranked ahead of it, and so trying to take bias out of the draft. uh, If it was just my favorites, obviously it would have been my first pick, but just taking the bias out of it, it doesn't make my, uh, my list, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Waterboard fan. Like I said, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge Adam Sandler fan. I thought Little Nicky was hilarious. So, uh, and Eight Crazy Nights was also hilarious. But uh, I do think he, you know, he's he's got to get back to his prior form. But I'm a big fan of Waterboy. The movie's just fantastic in every way. And then Major League, I did expect it to go before this. You know, like you said, the, the wild thing, he essentially is that character. And then, you know, it's, it's just a really good movie in general. But yeah, I'm pretty shocked Wayne didn't take it. But, you know, maybe he's got something in store with this pick right here. The star of the movie Major League for me has always been Bob Euchre as Harry Doyle. I think every line out of his mouth is absolutely hilarious. Again, now looking at my list, I have so many movies left that haven't been taken, and I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with it. And I'm probably going to go with another basketball movie and it's going to be the movie blue chips with shaquille o'neal nick nolte anthony hardaway i saw this movie in the theater back in 1992 or three ish somewhere around there and just fell in love with it it was actually the first vhs i ever got for a christmas gift my mom got it for me she put some earrings in the box so i wouldn't know what it was when i shook it up but it it was back when vhs has cost like a hundred dollars a piece but yeah blue chips was my first movie and so that's going to be my next pick that's such a good pick that's such a good pick yeah, you've taken probably my second favorite football movie in the program and probably my second favorite basketball movie in Blue Chips. Uh, I guess if you consider Space Jam a basketball movie, then it would be my third best basketball movie. But man, that one stings. That's such a good movie. Nick Nolte, Shaq, you know, just the premise of the whole thing. It was such a great movie. I just loved watching it. And uh, I can't remember. I, I don't know who the villain, act, not the villain, the, the booster actor. I can't remember his name, but 
God, he, 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 I just love that character. He, he plays that smug, rich business guy so well. It was just a really, really great movie. Yeah, his name in the movie was Happy Kikendall. And Happy. That yeah. was it. Happy. And he, yeah. he was portrayed by J.T. Walsh, who was also in A Few Good Men. He was a Lieutenant Colonel Markinson. Yeah. Uh, he, was in, he was the mayor in the movie Pleasantville. Uh, so he's done quite a bit of roles. Yeah, that was a, that was a good movie. For my next picks then, I am going to go – I mean, I, I'm going to go back-to-back boxing here. I, I'm going Raging Bull, Scorsese, De Niro – I just love the movie. It's the story of Jake LaMotta. I, I mean, it's De Niro's, you know, he won an Oscar for it. I honestly, I love the movie. It's so good. It, it's one of the movies that I can just watch forever and ever and ever and never get bored of it. And then the other one I'm going with is, is Ali, the Will Smith, you know, version. Pa, pa, pa. Uh, that was my jam. I love the movie. Will Smith was fantastic in it. I thought it was really well done. It was such an entertaining movie. Yeah. So, so those are my two picks. Boxing certainly a huge category on the FBAS tree. We know that TC, Terrence Cardi, is a huge fan of boxing. Both those movies, Dan, were on my list. I had to just mark them off with my Sharpie. So, you know, again, you continue to do awful things, but great movies. Yeah, I liked, I mean, Raging Bull, I think, might be the best boxing movie of all time, or at least one of the tops. And yeah, I didn't have it in my top 40, only because me personally, I didn't like it. I know some people do, and that's great. I just, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Raging Bull. And Ali, while I think it's a tremendously well-done movie, the script was great. I thought the acting performances were great from everybody. To me, it's kind of a slow movie. It's not a movie, I'm thinking Desert Island-wise, am I going to watch this movie over and over again? But it's a great movie. I mean, both those movies are fantastic, you know, cinematic features, and I think that getting them this late is definitely a steal. I guess going through my list, I've taken a few basketball movies now. I'm kind of going through my list. I haven't taken a a boxing movie yet, and I do have, I'm not going to lie, I do have a couple of them on here that I'm still probably going to pass on. But now this is the point of the the draft where I'm probably going to start taking some stretches. And again, branching out a little bit from traditional sports, I'm going with Tom Cruise, Days of Thunder. Just getting that NASCAR movie in there, it's wildly entertaining to me. Robert Duvall is tremendous as Harry Hogg. And again, we get another movie with, uh, I don't know the actor's name, the guy plays Yondu in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's also in Eight and out he's uh, Chick Gandell and he's in this movie he's Rowdy Burns but uh, I'm going with Days of Thunder yeah I had that on my list as well Wayne I had my co-worker Michelle told me about half hour before you called me to make sure that I had that on my list so I was hoping to grab that at the very end thinking you know NASCAR would be a safe one to grab at the end but very good movie and uh, a Tom Cruise movie is never a bad one yeah, I agree. Uh, it was on my list as well. It's it's a good to you know for the versatility of the of the draft as well. Also, and like Jesse had mentioned, any movie with Tom Cruise is gonna be a solid movie. So, good pick. So, uh, with my next back to back picks here, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna start with one that I know that uh, if you've just been scrolling the guide or sitting at home, which uh, I know a lot of us are right now, you've seen this on TV and you've watched it. You've watched the replacements. <laughs> uh, a very fun football movie that I think. All of you have uh, seen on TV, scrolling the guides, uh, sitting at home right now. Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman. Uh, it's got a ton of humor. So that's my first pick here in this back-to-back drop. And the next one that I know all of us have seen is The Karate Kid. You're fooling nobody if you're going to try and tell me that you've never tried and uh, done the crane kick. Yeah, wax on, wax off. I've got The Replacements and I've got The Karate Kid. I love the uh, the Karate Kid pick. That's a great one. I was hoping I might be able to get that towards like my last pick uh, as something that most people wouldn't think of. That is a really, really good movie. We all love it. Cobra Kai. Obviously, everyone's watching that now because it's such. It, it just sticks with us. It's something in our past, and it's just something that is stuck to us. So the Karate Kid, I love everything about it. The Replacements, not a huge fan. Again, a little bit too cornball for me. But, you know, a comedy football movie, we got to have them on there. I mean, I love The Replacements. I thought that movie was so good. Gene Hacken, Keanu Reeves. Uh, pretty sure, John, yeah, John Favreau was the crazy linebacker in that movie. Even the dude from The Office was the was the deaf tight end. God, what's oh David Denman? That's his name. He's the the tight end for for them. Roy, Roy from The Office. Roy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his his real name's David Denman. Sorry, uh, you know the chick uh, Annabelle. Uh, I believe her name's Brooke Langston or something like that. She is was one of my first like crush crushes like actresses wise i loved her i thought she was so fine in that movie with that short haircut and then you know i I, so i think they were solid it's a solid pick man i do 
with my uh, second to last pick here. Now, this is, again, we're getting into those reaches. I'm starting to dig into those tier four and tier five picks that maybe I didn't expect to go. And now I'm thinking I need to fill out my roster here, round it out. And I'm going with a football comedy as well. It's Necessary Roughness, which follows Scott Bakula as the 40-year-old freshman quarterback at Texas State University. We got Sinbad. We got Alvin Mack, the linebacker from the program who I picked earlier, is the wide receiver Featherstone in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's solid. It's not on my list. I think it was a good movie. You know, it, it had its moments. It just wasn't on my time. I think there are better football movies available that you could have taken. So, yeah. I've got, I've got too many football movies as it is, so it, it wasn't something that I was going to pick, but it's certainly one of the better football movies that have been made because there are some trash football movies that have been made. Yeah, so speaking of... Damn, my next pick, huh? Man, I, I had an idea where I wanted to go, and then I don't know, because I can't, this, these are my last two picks here, because we're only taking 10 apiece, so, you know, I kind of want to make sure there's just movies left on the board that I didn't expect to be left here, so I'm going to go with The Blind Side. I needed another football movie. I think it should have been taken over Necessary Roughness. It's a better movie. Plain and simple, uh, Sandra Bullock is the baddest bitch on the planet. I would still just do terrible things to just smell her farts i don't even care she's so hot and then uh i'm gonna go with the next one it's it's one of my favorite basketball movies i love it i'm gonna go with coach carter honestly one of the more kind of like i really did think it was an inspirational movie and i i really did enjoy it it was it was brilliantly acted a lot of the young kids i think were really good and i really enjoyed that movie a lot yeah Samuel jackson doesn't want any goddamn snakes on that basketball court i think you know that's a, a very good movie that i on my list yeah i thought that the pick of the blind side it is a better movie than necessary roughness you're absolutely right about that but i felt like i had a football drama already with the program wanted to go with a football comedy it's the only reason i pass it up i do have them both in the same tier uh it is a great movie I, i've watched it several times and i never get tired of that one coach carter it's a good basketball movie uh, i love the speech at the end about you know what our deepest fear is but now I'm down to my last pick, and I realize I don't have a boxing movie. And I already, I mean, I have Rocky and Rocky 2 listed ahead of this movie. And I know Jesse's not going to take either one of those with his last pick because he already took Rocky 4. But I'm going with Digstown. So again, if FEAS community is really tuned into sports movies like Jesse thinks they are, they should know the movie Digstown. It is my all-time favorite boxing movie. It has James Woods. It has Louis Gossett Jr. And it's just a, a great entertaining film about Louis Gossett having to fight. I think it's knock out 10 guys in 24 hours. Well, Wayne, you got my mom's sign of approval. You know, I'm listening here with a puzzled face, and she's nodding her head saying, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good pick. So uh, you've got my mom's nod of approval, Wayne. Um, not one that I've seen, but I'll certainly look into it now. We'll start the search. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Couldn't tell you anything about it. So I'll have to get on there and watch it. I mean, it sounds pretty good. He just runs around and has to knock as many people out as he can in 24 hours. Yeah, it's kind of a movie about a hustle, basically. So James Woods gets out of prison. He's kind of a con man, and he makes a bet with like the guy who kind of runs the town. He's not the mayor or anything like that, but he kind of runs the town. He's the big shot in town about he knows this one guy, Honey Roy Palmer, who can knock out anybody. So they get together a roster of guys to fight in a ring. He's got 24 hours to fight 10 guys. He's got to knock them out, or James Woods loses the bet, and like the mafia gets involved, and it's a really, really good movie. I'd highly recommend it. It's my favorite boxing movie. Huh, I'll give it a shot. I like James Woods, so... Ooh, piece of candy. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, Jesse's got the last pick. All right, so my last pick is going to be something that hopefully pulled at everyone's heartstrings within the FBS community, and that is Miracle. I'm taking the Olympic hockey story, and I think that we've all seen it and cried, and uh, Herb Brooks, uh, we know that speech as well. So a wonderful sports movie that I'm going to end this draft with. It's a great pick, and it's a movie that I had on my list. I didn't pick any hockey movies, believe it or not. I'm just not a huge hockey movie fan, but I know as far as hockey movies go, people who do enjoy hockey movies love Miracle, so I think that's a really good pick to get at 30, uh, considering you know how esteemed people think it is. I was late to the Miracle Train also. I didn't watch it for a long time, uh, and then I watched it, and I really do like the movie. It's not my favorite hockey movie. That would go to Goon, which uh, I almost took. I was real close to taking it, but I'm just not a big hockey guy, though, so I didn't end up taking it. But overall, this is this is really fun. I think we all got I think we all got some really good movies on our list here. We did, and I think uh, I'll put together a list of who everybody's picks were, and we'll put a vote out there on FBAS. And I know the worst, I had a tier one movie that never got picked, and it's only because I had so many Kevin Costner movies, and that was Field of Dreams, talking about tugging at heartstrings. 
yeah if i didn't have like i had i almost thought i had to pick it when i said there's oh man there's a movie here that i didn't expect to be here it was field of dreams i almost took it over over coach carter and things but i I don't know i just i just decided to skip on it i probably should have taken it i certainly could have made room for it on my list i've got more than a couple football movies and zero basketball movies so field of dreams certainly deserves to be drafted and um, we'll probably get some slack from the gents on fbas for not having that be drafted but not having any basketball movies on your list too. I had in my tier two category I had Hoop Dreams, which is a fantastic documentary. Um, but I just didn't have any room when I went with my basketball movies. Yeah, there's a, quite a few basketball movies. Hoop Dreams, He Got Game, Love and Basketball. All three I think have like are fantastic movies that easily could have been drafted and, and weren't. You know, so I mean, there's just when you've only got uh, this many picks, you know, you you can't get to them all. You know, I almost want another Scorsese movie and Tom Cruise with The Color of Money, which I think you know should get picked in a lot of movie drafts, but just didn't. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we just didn't have a lot of time to get to, unfortunately. The two biggest misses to me, and if you'd consider this one Caddyshack, I'd say that's a huge miss. And then the other one, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, I don't consider a sports movie. I, I know it's got sports in it, but I don't consider it a sports movie. So. I had it on my list. I did consider it a sports movie, and I thought about picking it. When I mentioned to you guys that a movie I might consider picking that just has sports in the backdrop, that was one of two. The other one was Finding Forrester with uh, Sean Connery, which is awesome. Ooh, Finding Forrester is good. The one I was surprised that didn't get taken, especially by you, Jesse, was The Wrestler. I mean, I'm not a big wrestling fan, but that movie was really fucking good. Mickey Rourke crushed that movie. Absolutely crushed it. Did such a good job. I loved that movie. And it's also, it gets rated pretty high on a lot of these lists that you see around about best sports movies. And I know you're a big wrestling fan, so I expected you to take that. I was pretty shocked you did. Yeah, I just got a little uh, too excited to take two funnier movies in the middle of the draft. But I do agree, uh, Mickey Rourke crushed that role. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, obviously doing the draft. Thanks again, RTF Sports Network, for picking us up. We're going to make you guys proud for doing that. If you guys are listening, visit rtfsportsnetwork.com for your chance to get three months of ESPN+. Plus. Watch The Last Dance in its entirety. And make sure you go on FBAS, Facebook All Sports. It's right now Facebook No Sports. And uh, check out our polls and listen to the podcast. Let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. Again, like you said, big thanks to RTF Sports for picking us up. Everybody get on there, sign up, log on, you know, try to win that free SPN plus for a month. And again, if you're listening, you haven't joined FBAS, get on there. I'm telling you, it's a great community. You're, you're missing out. I've already got three of my buddies that weren't previously joined. I've got them joined up too now, and, and they said the same thing. It's fantastic. So yeah, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week and come on and join us. Yeah, please rate, review, uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, tell as many people as you can about the community and the content that we continue to put out. We want to do everything we can to have a fun product. Well, we have a celebrity guest here in the building, uh, Kenny Smith. What are you doing here? How much longer do we have for the show? It's-